Amen. Thank you. The Lord's good, isn't he? So, you know, this morning about 4 o'clock I woke up and just was really thanking the Lord for all the good things. Uh, that's a good thing to do when you wake up in the middle of the night, right? Instead of, instead of thinking about problems, thinking about what Jesus has already done. And I just have seen so the Lord do a lot of really awesome things, a lot of healing and wholeness and and I was just thinking, um, no, I don't have your phone. I don't want your phone. It's a bad version. <laughs> uh, but I was, then I started thinking, you know, you're supposed to, well, not you're supposed to, but a lot of people ask the Lord to give them a word for the, for the new year, right? I mean, that's a good thing to do. Uh, and I thought, man, I didn't even do that. Uh, and the reason I didn't, because I was still getting so much from what God had been doing in my life already. Right, that's why I didn't. So I, but I said, but Lord, I'd like to get a word, and uh, so if you want to give me something, and I heard this word, thrive. Okay, thrive, thrive. And I was thinking about God wants to take us from where we are into a place of thriving. And here's the scripture, Third John, verse two, beloved, I pray that you would prosper. And be in good health just as your soul prospers. That's thriving. And I believe, I just want to declare that, okay, that, that we're, we would begin to step, we would go beyond uh, where we are. We would actually step into a place in our life, in every area of our life, spiritually, our, our bodies, our relationships, your business, your pocketbooks. I'll get you to get on that one. Everybody will jump on that. Yeah, thrive me financially. Uh, yes and amen, right? So I just want to release that today, Lord, that you would begin to thrive us, Lord. You could start with Everly, Lord, thrive. We just declare that. We declare thriving over that baby. We declare thriving over this body here today in Jesus' name. Uh, why don't you stand up if you would like. I want to declare this. This is something that's gotten important to me. Devil, you are no, no longer my counselor. Tell him, you're no longer my counselor. You, you are not my king. I'm not going to listen to you no more. I've decided to listen to Jesus. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my counselor. Word of the Lord. Third John verse 2. Come to me. Come to my family. Come to my work. Come into my body. Come into my finances. Come into my future. Come into my presence and cover my past. I declare it over me today. I declare it over everybody's in my sphere of influence. And I thank you for that today, Lord. I just say, yes, Lord. Yes, yes. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. I think you've already heard my prayer, and you're going to answer my prayer. Now, let's start praising the Lord for what he's going to do. Okay. Lots of time we praise him after he's done it. It'd be nice for us to get into this mode of faith where we begin to believe God for stuff and start thanking him before we actually see the manifestation of it. Sometimes I think we're holding things up, okay? I think we're holding things up sometimes. You know, that's just the truth. Amen? Amen. Well, why are you standing up? <laughs> I heard, I'm just joking with you. I heard a black preacher one time. 
a Pentecostal black preacher, which, you know, they have these moments in their service where everybody jumps up and starts dancing, and they have a drum and an organ going. You know what I'm talking about? It's pretty cool, really. Okay? Most of the time, I think. The Holy Ghost is on it. I don't care what it is. Anyways, they all got just wild. And, and then he sort of whined, and he said, Why are you standing up? Sit down. Nobody told you to stand. <laughs> they got it, though. Anyways, thank you, Lord. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to... I was thinking, uh, I got this, I'm going to read these, uh, this story out of uh, Isaiah 6, verse 1 through 9. This is a, everybody knows this story probably if, you know, if you've been a Christian very long. But, and uh, you know there's a thing, have you ever heard the term passage of Scripture? Have you ever heard that? Versus verses or chapters, there's a term uh, that people use, passage of Scripture. And I was thinking about that, uh, you know, a passage takes you somewhere. And that's, that's why they actually call certain stories in the Bible, certain, certain scriptures, they call them a passage. Because they're meant to take you from where you are to take you to a place. Are you following this? And so when I begin to look at these scriptures, they're a passage. They, they're a passage. They want to take us somewhere. One of the things I've done in my life, uh, I started doing it a few years ago, is, is I try to reflect on my life and find where I am spiritually in Scripture. You ever, ever done that? Find, you know, there's stories all through the Bible that can kind of tell you something, that can kind of reveal something to you. And you can kind of put yourself in that story and realize what's happening in that story is happening in your life. Are you following that? Now, most of the time, it's not as glorious, right? And lots of times, it's not as terrible, Okay? You know what I'm saying? But we can find ourselves in places. And it, and, even, and it can help you understand what God's doing in your life and how God wants to lead you. And so the reason I'm sharing these scriptures is I had an encounter with the Lord. Okay? And these were the scriptures that really that helped me to kind of put it in context for myself. Now, I'm, I, the, my encounter with the Lord was nothing like this. Okay, but I will tell you this. There is a holy God. There's a Holy Ghost. And when you get closer to that than normal, there's something's going to happen. So, and that's what this story is about. Let me just read it, read it to you. Okay, are y'all with me? I got man, wow, I gotta cut, I gotta cut cut the talk out and go, okay? It says in the year that, and I'm just hitting some points here, okay, I'll tell you this. I'm just going to show you a few things that God has been showing me over the past since I had this, this encounter happen with him. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. Two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. That's wild. I mean, that, when you think about it, six wings, covering their feet, covering, and then flying. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of Him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. Powerful. Um, so I said, Woe is me. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I'm saying? Where there's smoke, there's fire. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. 
Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. Everybody say King. King Jesus. Not there. The Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Hmm. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Note us. Right? Note us. When the top Bible's talking about the Lord, it's the us. It's three of them. Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. That's a beautiful story, isn't it? Well, I want to tell you just a few things. Uh, first of all, in the Bible, there's only two places where this term, holy, 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 as the Lord, is, is mentioned. Here and in John uh, chapter 4, John had this same, uh, had an encounter. Both times, uh, it was because uh, John was brought up into he- to the heavens, and Isaiah was brought up into heaven. And that's, that's what they heard, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. So, this is really important. The holiness, we were, oh, all this song about holy is the Lord. Did y'all, was y'all getting that? There was a lot of that sung this morning. So my thing, my thought is, what, what is the holiness of the Lord? Okay, have you ever thought about it? What is the holiness of the Lord? Some of you probably think it's, it's God's right, rightness or righteousness, but it's really, really not that. Uh, in fact, it is one of the most difficult things uh, attributes of God to understand or to describe. I, I completely did all this research, all these theologians, and they, everybody struggles explaining what holiness really is. It literally means separated. It means the uniqueness of God. Okay, that God is something, He's separated and He's unique from everything else. That, that kind of captures, captures the picture of it. Um... Let me read this thing that this man named, is a theologian guy. I, I love what he said. Uh, his name was R.C. Sproul. I think he's in heaven now. Uh, it says, the Bible says that God is holy, holy, holy. Not that he's merely holy or even holy, holy. He is holy, holy, holy. Uh, it, the Bible never says that God is love, love, love. Or mercy, mercy, mercy. Or wrath, wrath, wrath. Or justice, justice, justice. It says that he's holy, holy, holy. And the whole earth is full of his glory. See, I don't think we really get this this concept of holiness. I don't get it. But I'll tell you this. This is how you kind of get it. It's when you come into the contact of the holiness of the Lord. When God allows you in a moment... When he allows you in a moment to sense, to be exposed to probably a drop of his holiness. A drop of his holiness. And all of a sudden at that moment, you kind of get, you kind of get it. You kind of get that God is something beyond that you, that, you could, that you could ever imagine, that you could ever dream of. And it's a powerful thing when, when God allows a man to experience that. It's a powerful thing when God lets us get a glimpse of his holiness, it would destroy you. It would kill you if, if, we, if his holiness was fully revealed. 
And we need God's holiness to be brought to us. So I think holiness, uh, there was this great grandma. I read what a a godly great grandma said about God's holiness. I thought this was the best, best of anything that could be said. They asked her, what, tell us, describe the holiness of God. And it said she closed her eyes for a moment and said this, all-consuming takes over the whole body. Peace, faith, joy, wisdom. Isn't that powerful? I'll tell you, when you start touching the wholeness of God, that all-consuming feeling, that feeling where you... All of a sudden, it's, that's why Isaiah, he got exposed to something that was beyond his ability to comprehend, and it exposed everything in him. It revealed everything in him. I believe the Lord's going to begin to reveal to people his holiness. I believe there's something the church needs, de- and I believe we should be asking for it. Lord, I, I want to see your holiness. I want to to whatever level he would decide. Amen? And so, here's the second thing. Oh, all-consuming. Oh, let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something. It is all-consuming. Let me tell you something. You will come undone. Let me tell you something. Your insides will feel like they're being, are being completely opened up. That's, that's what it feels like. It feels like you're t- totally naked. It feels like every thought you ever had is laid out before you. Because all of a sudden you're coming into holiness. I pray that God would give us a revelation of holiness, of His holiness. I pray He would. I pray. I believe the glory of God, it says, holy, 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 and the whole world is full of His glory. Habakkuk later shared, it's not, explain that, because I'm thinking, well, no, where is this glory? Well, here's where, Habakkuk says the whole world is full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. In other words, there's this revelation that has to come for us, so, for us to experience this and see this. So I believe there's going to be a revelation of glory, of God's glorious presence coming into the earth, into the world. It's already here. He's going to open our eyes to see, but it's going to be tied to a revelation of His holiness because if, if, if it wasn't, we might make a mess. But when you begin to get a revelation of holiness, you begin to get a revelation of the fear of the Lord and what it is to be in the presence of God who is separate, who is unique, and who is almighty. Are y'all following this? Y'all look serious. (laughs) Yeah. Here's here's another thought. A rare moment that strips us down to nothing. A rare moment that strips us down to nothing. Uh, I don't know who did wrote this. I may have wrote it because it's sort of in some of my language, but it's something I've had written down a long time ago. It says, I believe we are most blessed when we come to these rare moments in our lives when our eyes are opened in a way that strips us down to nothing. You hear what I'm saying to you? See, that's what happened to Isaiah. He had a moment in his life where his eyes were open, he saw something and it stripped him. It stripped him down to nothing. Years ago, I read this book by this man named Dr. Guy Chevreau. Anybody ever heard of Dr. Guy Chevreau? Raise your hand. He's amazing. He's an amazing guy. And this is what he said. I wrote this down too. 
this is 2004 vintage. Uh, when he encountered the most impoverished church in the world, he, he went, went to speak to the most impoverished church in the world, and when he saw them, this is what he said. On arriving in, at the east bank of Malawi, I looked around at those who had gathered at the conference we were hosting. Many, listen to this, many had walked for days, walked for days to be there. Most had not eaten anything but grass and leaves for months. Their clothes were in tatters. I knew I had to preach in less than an hour. As I thought of the sermon notes I had prepared, I blinked back my tears and could not help but say out loud, this, speaking of his notes, is the crucible of irrelevance. That's a man who's been stripped to nothing. I'm going to go preach to these people, and when he sees the people he's preaching, he realizes he's seen something that stripped him and made him realize how bankrupt he was to be able to say something to those kind of people. That's powerful. And I'm going to tell you something. This is what Jesus will say in Matthew 5, 3. It's the beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's what he's talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Those moments when you're stripped. Those moments when you realize you have come into contact with something that makes you realize what you are and how much you, how much you lack. You know, and that's when you can possess the kingdom. Or better yet said, that's when the kingdom can really possess you. See, it's when we come into those moments where we're poor of ourselves. And all we have, all our revelation, all our thoughts, all our things, suddenly none of it matters. In fact, none of it really even matters. When you come into that presence, right, this is what he came into there. He came in, he had, that was sort of an Isaiah 6 experience, except it was with the severely poor people that he had to minister to that opened his eyes. And God wants to open some people's eyes. He wants to open our eyes. He wants us to have these encounters with him that would really open our eyes. So here's the other thing. Wow, these are some beautiful thoughts, right? Repentance. Repentance is important. I'm going to tell you something. Repentance is a beautiful thing. This is why repentance is a beautiful thing. Because the only thing that stands between you and your best life that God has for you, your destiny, everything that God has designed for you, the only thing that stands between you and that is repentance. That's the thing. That's why repentance is beautiful. If you look in the Bible, in fact, I read that scripture. I didn't talk about it last week. Uh, that you would repent and be converted that times of the presence of the Lord, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord would come. Every time there's true repentance and a true turning, there is going to be a refreshing from the Holy Spirit. God will show up in repentance. God will show up in repentance. And we, that's what Isaiah did. He got into something. He realized his state, and he immediately started repenting. You come into contact with the Holy God, I promise you, I don't even care what your theology is on repenting. You're going to hit your knees real fast. You're going to start telling, that's what I was doing. I'm, uh, the first words that came out of my mouth is, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord, that I have accepted a version of Christianity that is really not what the Bible teaches. I have accepted less for my life. I have believed less for my life. I have not trusted you. 
I have lived down here when I could be living up here. That was how I felt. I've, I'm so far away from what the Bible teaches. I'm so far away from what God's called me to be and who God's called me to be. I'm so far away from that. And I wasn't blaming God. I wasn't blaming anybody else. I was telling him, I'm so sorry. Are y'all following this? God wants to bring us into that encounter and begin to expose to us our lives, not to hurt us, not to put us down, but to get us to a place where we repent so we can begin to step into everything that he has for us. Am I talking to anybody this morning? God wants to bring some people into some things. And sometimes, like he had to do with Isaiah, Isaiah had already been moving from in ministry. He was already a prophet for six chapters. I don't know how long it was, but God had something greater for Isaiah. Something much greater. And it took a repentance on Isaiah's part to walk in. It's going to take repentance for all of us. We shouldn't think repentance is a bad thing. We should, we should embrace repentance. We should think, oh, repentance is awesome. Repentance should be our lifestyle. It should be a cycle over and over in our life of repenting. We, repentance is not going back. It's going up and up and up. That's where repentance takes you. It takes you from one level of glory to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Are y'all following this? Woo, mercy, Lord. Yeah. All right, this is something. I think I've said this. I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to finish. Okay. Now, this has to do with the encounter thing. Okay. And so, a few weeks ago, I was talking about the encounters, not elevating encounters. I get home, I get this text from Matthew Byron. I want to send this message to you that we preached on encounters today. <laughs> I'm over here telling everybody about, you know, one thing, and he's telling them something else. It's all right, though. Everything's just beautiful. This is it. This is what I feel like the Lord was telling me. We all need encounters with the Lord, right? It's biblical, there's different levels of encounters, obviously. Two people had this level of an encounter in the Bible. Holy, holy, holy. Two people got into that realm that we know of. The only two people in the Bible that was recorded. Okay, not everybody else did. Paul had some kind of encounter. He wouldn't tell us about it, though. He probably couldn't tell us about it. He probably didn't have language to communicate what happened to him, which says a lot. But let me say, encounters are not the end. You hear what I'm saying? They're a means to an end. And so we had to get out of this, this uh, preschool of encounter. I feel like that's where I've been. I've been into the preschool of encounter. I've got to get into the, the school of encounters. Because encounters are meant to take something. It's meant what happens after the encounter in your life is much more important than the encounter. I mean, I don't care how beautiful your encounter was with the Lord. There's something in God's eyes that's way more important than that. Are y'all following that? And I'm an encounter person. I love that. I'm living for it. I'm actually up here talking because of an encounter. But I'm going to tell you something. If all we have is an encounter and, and the thing that God really wanted doesn't happen in our life, that ain't, you can, you, I'll, I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to stop having encounters. Because God will not continue to do stuff like that if, if you don't respond to Him. If you don't move towards something for what He has in it. Y'all got an awful quiet on me. You know? And here's, here's the encounter. Here's the outcome of His encounter. Listen. Who will go for us? That's what He heard. 
who will go for us? Don't you think it's kind of interesting when you think about that, who will go for us? Don't you think it's kind of interesting that God is always looking for somebody to go for him? Isn't that sort of the Bible? Isn't that sort of what we call the Great Commission? Think about it for a minute. Think, wouldn't it be more effective if a 10-foot angel walked in here this morning and manifested himself in front of everybody and said, Byron, you're not preaching today. I'm preaching. They wouldn't be no, are y'all all right? It would be, no, we ain't all right. And every word that angel said, we would hang off of it, wouldn't we? Because we would know something's coming, and we got to hear it. But God didn't choose it. He didn't choose to stand a 10-foot angel on the street corner to start preaching the gospel when everybody gets saved. He could have easily. He didn't do it. And the only time that God himself, think about if God himself did, you know. What if Jesus walked in? Everybody, gosh, there's Jesus. We would be flying all over the road. Whatever was in our life that day would be over. We'd all be healed. We'd all be delivered. It would be, we'd be perfected. We'd be in heaven, right? The one time that, that God did go for himself, right, is he hid himself. He didn't openly expose, uh, he didn't openly expose his glory or his power. He hid it in his humanity. He hid it. He hid it. Because God is always looking for somebody. He's looking for somebody to go for him. He's looking, you're that somebody, I'm that somebody. Today, he's looking for somebody to go for him and speak for him and represent him. He's never stopped doing that. That's what encounters are really meant. It's meant to take us to step into this place where we realize God is saying, I'm looking for somebody to hear what's on my heart. And what was on his heart was he was looking for somebody to go for him. Are y'all hearing this? So, God is a missionary God. Is that true? It's true right from the beginning, right? The very beginning, the first time God revealed himself in the Bible. He was a missionary. I'm going to build this thing, I'm going to put some people in it, and I'm going to tell them to take this thing and go with it. Go name the animals. Go make this thing and, and get more people involved in this thing. So, you know, missions begin with who God is, right? And that was really where Elijah, that's, or uh, Isaiah, y'all getting this? You know, so really our mi- missions, this minute, here's a good definition of missions. Mission is participation with the life of God. Mission is a participation with the life of God. I read this somewhere. It's not that church has a mission. Mission has a church. That's, that's a big thought. Mission has a church. Here's the problem. If you, if you begin to shift that way of thinking... You put the church in the right place. Y'all getting that? Mission has a church. Because God's looking for somebody to go for him. It's not that we have a mission. That puts us at the center. That makes church something that's not ever meant to be. I think that's one of the problems with the church. 
Because God wants to shift our thinking. Um, that's a big thought. Yep. I don't know if y'all really getting that. You know? Mission has a church. So, I got to finish now. I got three minutes. I got here. Are y'all okay? In spite of what Melissa said, she let me know y'all were okay, but somebody might not be. Yeah, we're okay. Maybe we'll think about that one. So I had this this encounter with the Lord, okay? And so I was thinking about my first thought was when you get in the presence of the Lord like that, you want to stay in that presence, right? I mean, when you start having that kind of spiritual thing happening with you, you're not necessarily interested in normal stuff. You'll find out if you ever get into it. You'll know what I'm telling you. Okay? But, and so I asked the Lord a question. Like, how, what, do I, what do I need to do in my life to have this? And, of course, God in his brilliance didn't say a word <laughs> right then. But then later he did say something to me. He gave me, I remember I gave, told you the Lord gave me a word, Acts, A-C-T-S. Gave me that word, Acts. Like, Acts, what does that mean, Lord, Acts? Acts, what does Acts mean? Well, there's a book in the Bible named Acts. Maybe I should read that book. I read that book all the time. Acts, 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 Acts. What, what are you telling me, Lord, Acts? That's, that's, that's important. Acts. Acts, Acts, Acts. Oh, Acts, yeah. I think I know what Acts means, Lord. No, I didn't know what Max meant. And then one day, this is what the Lord showed me. He showed me poor people. Who will go for us? And he showed me poor people. And he said, they're right under your nose. They're everywhere. That's what your acts is, is poor people. See, somewhere who will go for us, encounters who will go for us, there has to be some reality in it, right? There has to be some practicality in it. And it's, for me, it's poor people. And that's what God was telling me. He has a heart for poor people. And if you want to have this level of presence in your life, then go do acts for poor people. Go help poor people. So, y'all got real quiet. Mm. Pin drop quiet. I wanted to give you this one last little thing because this is the other thing. Because I said, so how am I going to do this, Lord? You know, it feels good when God puts a burden in your heart, right? Like you see the poor and you feel a burden for them. You feel like you want to do something. You know God wants to do something for them. That feels good. I mean, it does. I mean, oh, that feels so sweet. It feels so beautiful. But it's messy. The reality of it is real messy. It's a dang mess. It's a big mess. So I said, Lord, how do I do this? 
I need to know how to do this. I really do. I need, I need, I don't need to just do what, you know, what you think. I need what you think. And he gave me another word. This is what it was. This is funny. Be present. Be present. Do y'all know what being present means? Huh? Well, let me, let me just say this. Here's the first thought, the first thing that came to my mind. And I'm a so, I've been so guilty of this. The daddy goes off to work in the morning. He comes home from work in the evening. He's got his kids around him. Daddy's there, but he's not present. You know what I'm talking about? He's there physically. He's there on some level mentally, but he's not really engaged there. He's not present. Because we spend a lot of our time, if you think about it, we spend a lot of our time either in the past, rehashing stuff in our past, or thinking about the future. Just, just think about what you're thinking about sometimes. Think about how much time you spend hashing over what happened during the day or last year or whatever it may be, something that's bugging you from the past or somebody that's bugging you from the past or something you think is going to happen in the future, good or bad. We spend so much time and we're not present. We're not in the moment there where God is, where God wants to speak, where God wants to reveal what you're supposed to do how you're supposed to go in that moment when that poor person walks up to you and you're distracted by everything else in life. And so you're so full of everything else in life that God, the thing, that person, the thing that God wanted you to do is right in front of you and you are looking beyond it. You're not there. Are y'all following me? God's calling his church to get present in the earth. And I believe, this is what I believe he told me. If you're going to go, you've got to be present to go. In other words, you, it is not like you're going to go off. Now, there's people who are. We just pray for Christians. They're going to go off to Thai, to eat Thai food and you know, <laughs> hang out with these Muslims that really cook good food and, you know, and going down to South America and preaching. There's people going to do that. It's different for everybody. But every one of us have a have a life right now. Every one of us has a presence right now. Are y'all getting this? Oh, let me tell you, I thought, oh, this is, this is really bad. I was looking at this guy. Um, he was out in, in public, and I noticed him, and this is what he was doing. And I thought, I don't want to be that guy. And God says, you are that guy, Byron. That's why you see him, because you're looking in a mirror. This is another way we're not present. I'm just going to get real with you. You know what they say? The average number of times people go on their device a day, 80 times. Some people up to 300 times a day. Think about somebody, 300 times a day. They're li- now, if you have a job or you have a situation that, we're, that requires you to engage, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us when we're or with our families or we are. You hear what I'm saying to you? I'm just being real with you. 
There is a spirit of destroying loosed on this nation. There's a spirit, of, a destroying spirit. And this is how, part of how this spirit's destroying people. This is part of how we are taken out of the moment. This is part of how we're missing something. How we're missing what God has. I'm messing with you. Y'all, y'all, some of you don't even like to hear this, but it's the truth. And it's the truth we need to start facing. And, we need, and so I've been asking the Lord to help me. You know, my new phone has a thing on it that tells me how much time I spend on it. <laughs> how much face time. Well, I got other devices. So what Becky said, well, you can't go on that because you got that dog at iPad and <laughs> you got your laptop and <laughs> so I can cheat. <laughs> mm. But I really do want to quit doing that. I really don't want to be that person no more. I want to start resisting that and paying attention to that so I can pay attention to what God's doing around me. And being present with God and what God's doing versus social media or things that could wait to tomorrow. You know, you know, I feel like that's what happens and what's beginning to happen in, in people's lives is and it may be it's probably different for everybody, is when you come in contact with God, you know. Isaiah's problem was his mouth. We all have something. You know? That God wants taken out of our life. Not and so that we could live our best life and be our best self. That's why that word was really strong when she said this morning about the thoughts. As you know, our thinking, if your thoughts are twisted, your life will twisted. If your thoughts are distracted, your life will be distracted. That we really do need that helmet of salvation to really help us have the right focus. Amen. Well, y'all are looking real happy about this message. I don't really have nobody jumping up and shouting, you know, and amen in this. I know, you, I know you're probably thinking, dang, what kind of message was that? Well, let me tell you something. I want to invite you into the presence of the Lord. That's what it is. It's an invitation in our lives. It's an invitation to know there's something more that we can have. There's something more each one of you can have. There's something more. You can have an encounter. You can have something with God beyond where you're at right now. When we begin to start believing that, and start calling that into our life. Word of the Lord come to me. When we begin to call that into our life, you can bet God is going to send something into your life. He's going to send His Word to you. We can have that. We've got to be those kind of people to start believing that. Amen? Won't you stand up? Who's in charge here? Corey, come on, you're in charge. <laughs> Don't y'all love Corey? He's great, isn't he? He's all right. Well, he's at least all right. Yeah. Hey, let's just ask Jesus to help us. Jesus, help us. Help. We're a people who, mm, we got lots of potential in this room. Lord, we want to see that potential realized. Father, I just pray right now for that fire that I felt, Lord, 
I pray for it. I pray for everybody in this room to have an encounter with your holy fire. I pray for everybody in this room to come into your holiness and that you would begin to just to just crack, just crack the curtains on your holiness, Lord. Just crack it. We're just enough will come, Lord. Just enough will come and make us see and cause us to be stripped to nothing. We become poor in spirit, Lord. We become poor that day. We become poor in that moment, Lord, where you could fill us up, Lord, with your life, with your joy. And all the things in our life that displease you, all the things that hurt us, you begin to talk to us about. And so they could be removed, they could be taken from us, Lord. We could give them to you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to do that. I ask you to do it, Lord. I ask you to reveal and convict. I pray for the Holy Ghost to convict us. I pray we would feel stripped. So the kingdom could possess us. That we would no longer be argumentative and divisive people. Just ask you to release that, Lord. I ask you to release an encounter for everybody, Lord. That everybody would have their own testimony of encounter. Everybody would have their own revelation of encounter. They would see, Lord. They would see something. They would see that thing. That would undo them. I'm asking you for that, Lord. And that we'd all hear that word. Who will go? Este llamado, ¿quién irá? We would hear your go word, Lord. Vamos a poder oír tu llamado, Señor. And you begin to show us what that means. Y Señor, tú vas a mostrarnos qué significa eso. Particularly for us, particularmente y personalmente para nosotros. I thank you for that, Lord. Te doy gracias, Señor. So, um, Larry just came up to share that he had a word during worship this morning about putting away our devices. Larry vino y compartió una palabra que él tuvo esta mañana sobre poner a un costado nuestros celulares. But if that we would do that, then there'd be breakthrough. Si nosotros hacemos esto, este simple acto va a haber victoria. Revival. Avivamiento. I'm, you know, I, I'm all in Byron about encounters, right? I just not interested in functioning without more of the Lord. Yo no quiero funcionar sin más del Señor. Yo necesito encuentros. But recognize personally. Y reconocer personalmente. What's my expectation of hearing the Lord if I'm not listening? Pero cuál es mi expectativa de oír al Señor si no le estoy escuchando? You know, unless he's got an app that's going to pop up a reminder when I'm looking at my phone, how am I supposed to be open to encounters? Al menos que no tenga un app en mi celular que aparece y me recuerda que Dios me quiere hablar. So, Lord, help us. Señor, ayúdanos. Yeah. Lord, I just pray that Lloro, Señor. we can put you back on the thrones of our lives. Señor, que podamos ponerte en el trono de nuestras vidas. And if it's phones or work or whatever si, it si is, Lord, that you would help us put our focus on you. Que tú nos a poner en ti. So I just pray for your conviction this morning, Lord. Señor, yo oro que tu venga. Wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, donde estemos, donde vayamos, Lord, that you would just show us Señor, que tú nos muestres, so that we can change para que podamos cambiar. Lord, so that we can repent, so we can change para que our minds about the things that we've been doing so por we can la... focus on you. Y podamos enfocarnos en ti. 
and then be expectant y poder estar a la expectativa and how you're going to show up en, de, en cómo tú te vas a manifestar come ask the um, ministry team Voy a to pedir come, al equipo come de forward if they would if there's something specific you got that you want to see them about um si hay algo específico que tú necesitas que ellos oren por ti Take that opportunity. toma esa oportunidad I just want to I, I really do feel a calling from the Lord you know there's moments when he calls people to go to missions but I feel a calling from the Lord this morning if you feel in that pool in your heart you know I just want to invite you to come forward a calling to put things aside to spend more time with the Lord a calling to pay attention And this has just for me as well to pay attention to what the Lord is doing in the moment. There are a lot of distractions this day. Si estás sintiendo que el Señor te está llamando, yo siento que el Señor está poniendo un llamado a las personas a recibir más de él. Y si tú eres esa persona, pasa aquí adelante. Si quieres poner tu atención al Señor y quieres dedicarle a él más tiempo, pasa adelante. You know, these people are amazing here. They don't buy, they'll pray for you. <laughs> And they want to pray for you. Ellos quieren orar por ti. Pasa adelante aquí, hermano, que te va a ministrar. Some of you have had a hard week. The Lord wants to bring some rest on you, bring some deliverance on you. Algunos de ustedes han tenido una semana difícil. El Señor quiere darte paz, traer libertad. Yeah, I think there's opportunity for breakthrough, folks. Hay oportunidad para recibir victoria. You know, it may seem like an easy thing, but I think um, repenting, you know, opens up the door for breakthrough. El arrepentimiento abre so, la puerta para recibir even if you're in a position where you want to come up and just declare with somebody in the ministry team, hey, I'm on my phone too much. I want to give it up. I think, you know, there's avenue for breakthrough in those areas if you're looking for it. Quiero tomar ese tiempo. Pasa adelante para recibir oración. Si necesitas oración en otra área, por favor pasa. Soak in his goodness for a little bit. O quizás quieras pasar y Do so. empaparte en su bondad por un ratito. Otherwise, if your business is concluded with the Lord, cool. Have a great day. Stay warm. Que quieran ir a buscar a sus, a sus niños, pueden hacerlo. Manténganse.